Hello and welcome to RGA's podcast where we explore how creativity, technology and strategy can work together to create a more human future. I'm Rebecca Bazina, SVP Managing Director at RGA London. I'm delighted to be joined today by Aaron Mitchell, Global VP of Customer Engagement and Loyalty at IKEA. Aaron has been with IKEA for 13 years and is responsible for leading the Centre of Excellence for Customer Engagement and Loyalty across 30 countries. We're thrilled to have you here, Aaron, to help our listeners understand IKEA's CX vision, how the brand is creating a better everyday life for its customer, creating connected experiences and building meaningful customer relationships. Thanks so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. It's a, it's a real pleasure to spend some time with you. Yes, I'm looking forward to it. So let's get straight into it, Aaron. I want to start with how you would articulate IKEA's CX vision in relation to your purpose of creating a better everyday life for the many people. Sure. I think uh, you started it really well, is that our purpose is to create a better everyday life for the many people. Our customer experience is one way of how we can actually interact and engage with people to actually create a better everyday life. It's really about how we bring our purpose into every time a customer interacts or transacts with IKEA. And it's really about how we bring both the magic of our physical touch points and also our digital touch points and create something quite unique for people. And it's really about how we can create a trusting relationship with our customers Since in our digital channels, we invite them to share their data, but we also want to respect the individual that's behind the data. So really, again, thinking about the many people, it's to really help us understand who each of those people are. What are their needs for a life at home? And really, how can we bring this alive in every interaction people have with IKEA? And I think, you know, the most amazing part is when the coworker and the customer interact because it's really where the brand comes alive and our coworkers are our best brand ambassadors. So it's really about how through every moment or every meeting we have with our customers, it's really about understanding their needs and thinking about how we can help them create a better everyday life at home. And you talk about obviously customer experience being one way and some really interesting concepts there around the co-worker being important. How are you creating and elevating that customer experience then to be connected and drive engagement for your customers throughout the digital touch points? Yeah, I think it's a really good point because what we really need to do is to be in tune with what people are doing in their everyday lives. And it's really about our lives are always on. There's no such thing as an off life uh, anymore. And so we should always be there when the customer needs us for inspiration, advice and solutions to really help bring their ideas to life. And it's really about how we, as I said, bring the magic of our store channel. We were born from a analog world. So we have an amazing footprint of our store channel. But how do we bring that magic into also our digital meeting, but also how do we actually bring the digital meeting also into the physical channel? And I think a great example of this is the IKEA app, where actually we know people are in multiple channels during their journey with IKEA. So here we really thought about through the IKEA app, how could we make it shoppable? How could we actually make it more personalized? How could people have inspiration, tips and ideas, but also how that when people are in the store channel, they can use the IKEA app to really enhance their store experience as well. And as I said, it's really about creating something unique. And I think 
One of the big opportunity areas for us is to really move to being much more omni-channel. So not just joining the channels up, but actually putting the customer at the center and really understanding what is their journey, what is their need for their life at home. And based on our ecosystem of physical stores, digital touch points, what would be the right combination to support that customer, depending on what they actually need for a better life at home? So really connecting that offline and online experience is where a lot of the focus for the business is going at the moment? And for us, it's about how do we listen to our customers? So how do we make sure we stay in tune with what's happening? And I think if you only look at what's happened in the last six to seven months with COVID-19, we've seen that people want to still be connected. People still want to share their experiences with each other. And people still want to have a better life at home. So it's really about how do we connect those experiences to make it seamless and really to think about how we can create many more happy shoppers and customers, but also how we can bring even more ideas for a better life at home into an everyday reality for many people around the world. And so where are you focusing as a business to ensure this frictionless connected experience? And, you know, you talk about increasing loyalty and being more relevant in people's lives so that IKEA has a true customer engagement ecosystem. Mm. Yeah, I think it's a very good question. I think, again, if I look back to what's happened in the last six to seven months, I've been blown away by what's been happening out in our many countries. If you think about we had to close our stores, which is still our biggest meeting point. It's still where around 90% of our revenue is generated. So I think with the closure of the stores and the restrictions that were put in place, it really shone a spotlight on the areas that we really needed to improve and transform within our business model. If I uh, give you some examples of like, it took us just a matter of weeks, not months, but weeks in many countries to launch remote planning. So how could we still, through a remote way, meet with our customers, understand their needs for a better life at home, really listen to what their frustrations are within their home and provide tips, ideas, solutions to actually bring those ideas to life. And then, of course, we've also introduced a lot around remote selling as well. So I think that has really, in a way, sped up our development. It was already in our roadmap. We already knew we needed to work on these areas. But I think, if anything, COVID's kind of accelerated our efforts And I also think in this situation, you know, the home is more important than ever before. So we have an opportunity to reach and engage with many more people than ever before. But of course, like you say, it's about how do we connect these experiences and really how do we make it frictionless and seamless as possible for our many customers? So I think it's that's kind of where we are uh, looking into is how do we really bring all of our different parts of our ecosystem together to meet many more people and to create many more better homes. When you talk about COVID-19 and within a matter of weeks, you having to implement new services, are there things that you've implemented now that you're seeing will stick around within the business? Yes. I think, for example, a lot of the remote planning and selling, that will stay. I think, again, As we've seen in the last weeks and months, this is a forever changing situation for us. 
you see regional restrictions, country restrictions, many impacts on how people take their everyday lives. So uh, there's a lot of these things that we've tested and learned, you could say, in the last six to seven months. And many things that, yeah, they're not perfect. No, they may not be the best solution. But I think they are the things that we are the right things for us to do. And it's very much about how we are in tune with the reality of people. Because again, if you think about the mindset of people, safety is really important. They want to also make sure that the brands they turn to aren't just there to sell things to them. They're there to support them and to be at their side as well. And I think that's really what we will continue with. How do we make sure we're developing things that really help improve the meeting with our customer, creates more value for our customers, and actually helps them to have a better everyday life at home? And so what what would you say then are the most important uh, KPIs that IKEA uses to benchmarks and set goals against this new uh, CX strategy? I think uh, this is a very interesting area because there's not one single KPI, there's many. And I think this is an interesting challenge for many businesses now, which is how do you measure success? Year-on-year sales and just units isn't really the only way you could measure success. So really, if I think about the customer experience, one of the things that we are looking into is a happy customer score. So how do we actually, every time a customer interacts or engages with, with us, how do we measure their satisfaction and then also the sentiment? So we have a number of things that we're looking into. So uh, one is called Pulse CX. So how do we measure ongoing satisfaction with customers? And not just within a survey, but how do we listen within social media and how do we really build that sort of end-to-end view on how satisfied and happy customers are through every step of their journey? And to give you some scale, you can imagine we have over two and a half billion visits to our website every year. We have 900 million store visits and 150 million IKEA family members. If we only measured volume, we would never see the true picture. And that's what I mean about understanding out of those two and a half billion web visits, how many of those were happy customers? How many were those maybe didn't have the best experience? So where could we identify those pain points? Where could we actually improve that meeting with the customer? And the same with the store visits as well. So it's really about how we are looking at creating many more happy customers, but also bringing in the brand dimension. So how are we increasing desirability for the brand, affinity with the brand, advocacy for the brand? And then you could probably say the overall measurement that we're striving for is customer lifetime value. And it's really about how do we move from just seeing customers as two or three times a transaction a year to really being part of every customer's step for a better life at home and really looking at how we can measure whether we are living up to those expectations or not, listening to the customer and actually reacting to that feedback and always striving to do better. It really feels like, you know, the way you're speaking to it, that, you know, IKEA family uh, is, which I'm a member of, uh, is really, I guess, (laughs) 
moving from just this like transactional discount program, yes. like mind me saying, but to much more this personal and rewarding program of which you're using, you know, data and a number of different measures to construct. Is that fair? Yes. And, and you could say, you know, we are one of the biggest customer clubs in the world. So we just recently celebrated 150 million in members, which still I'm incredibly humbled by that number. I remember joining 13 years ago in the store and we had probably 30 million members globally. So it's incredible how we've gained so many members but what I would say, and this is what I say a lot internally, is IKEA Family is maybe not the most iconic customer club in the world today. We are an iconic brand, but our customer club maybe isn't the best expression of the brand today. It's quite transactional focused, and it's really about how do we make these big shifts? So how do we transform family to a genuine rewarding relationship that feels personal for every single member? And how do we actually be part of every member's journey for their dreams, their plans, and their ideas and needs to bring their ideas for their home to life? And it's really about deepening that relationship, offering genuine help, and making a real difference to every single member's life at home. And here, I think we're looking into two, two main transformational areas. One is around a more personal and rewarding relationship. So here, we don't want to just do what the industry does, which is points or you collect things. It's more about understanding what is the value that people could unlock from being a member of IKEA Family, how IKEA Family could help every step of the way to bringing your ideas for your home to life. And then the other part is around how to connect members. I mean, again, 150 million people all around the world sharing their different ideas and inspiration for life at home, for me, is incredibly inspiring. And I always think about, imagine if we had a community or a clubhouse today where we could connect all of those members Imagine during lockdown and during these different crisis times that you're part of a community, that you have other people that are in the same reality as you and you're sharing your experiences and you're inspiring others to also create a better life at home for themselves and their loved ones as well. It gives me goosebumps always when I think about this of connecting so many members around the world. And I think the foundation is a lot of what we described earlier, the connected experience, fully digitalized, and really making sure we can measure how we are living up to those expectations of every single member of IKEA family. I mean, the, the scale is incredible, Aaron, 100 yes. million members. I imagine that means you've got a lot of data. Um, yes. I, I would love to understand, you know, how are you better using data or using data to understand and serve those needs across the customer journey? Yeah, it's a really good point because I think, as I said, digital is a foundation, but also so is data. And I think for us at IKEA, our sort of point of view is that you are your data because data and our everyday life is so intertwined now. And what we feel is that you should feel as safe as you do in your home, as you do and should be in the online world. 
So every time you interact with us, every time you leave data, you should feel just as safe in our digital channels. And it's really about how we can unlock customer value from our data. Because a lot of businesses, I think their starting point is, how do I drive more analytics and insights to sell more? But I think if you take that starting point, you're not really thinking about the human being that is behind data. And this is something where we are sort of wanting to challenge a little bit, is to really think about how we create the most value back for people trusting us with their data. How do we do this in a way that is ethical so we can make sure we are fully transparent, we are honest and simple with when we ask customers to share data, they're in full control, they understand why we ask, but most importantly, they see the value that they get back. And this data ethics is really for our entire organization. And then we have something that is our promise to customers. So we make a promise called our customer data promise. And this is really about how we give three main pillars of this promise. And really the first is that we offer customers value in exchange for their data. And here that value could be many things. It could be more personalized inspiration. It could be the seamless experience that you're expecting. It could be more personalized care and support. So when we talk about value, it's not just about a promotion or a coupon or a voucher. It's true value for that customer based on what their needs are in that moment of their journey. And then the second pillar is that customers should always understand how their data is used. And that's really, again, not just about being GDPR compliant and saying, yeah, we're transparent. If you think about IKEA as a brand, very humanistic, very simple, very down to earth, the same should apply when we actually talk to people about how we use their data. We don't want to confuse people with long legal text or long terms and conditions that you need to have a, a lawyer to uh, translate for you. It should be simple and it should be always humanistic in how people understand what their data is used for. Because our thinking is data isn't just about selling more or creating a better experience. Data actually can help us create even more better lives at home because data can help us in understanding uh, how I use my energy, how I can, how my home could work in a smarter way. So it's really helping people understand that and create value. And then the third pillar is also how customers will have easy control of what data they want to share. So I think that's really how we will work with data through three pillars, the value we create, the understanding and simplicity we give customers on their data and how it's used, and the ease of control that people have on their data that they want to share. I love that customer data promise. And you started to talk about using the data, not just for selling more product, but also for delivering genuinely better lives at home. I mean, how are you evolving the relationship with your customers to creating community and ecosystem? I guess when I think about being for better lives around a shared value, such as sustainability, for example. I think again, back to our vision, our vision, we will never be done with our vision, which is a better everyday life at home. Because if you break it down to create 
well, creation is always changing and better. Well, that's always, we always want better. And then everyday life is constantly changing. So I think that really gives us the fuel to really think about how we can evolve our relationship with our many customers all around the world. And it's really thinking about what could be that new value proposition from IKEA. So really thinking about a value proposition that's grounded in our purpose, so this better everyday life at home, but really understanding these new life at home needs and the new context that we have. And to really build deeper and stronger relationships with everyone that comes into connection with the brand. And it's really about thinking that how do we, as a sort of North Star, we want to think about ourselves as this life at home partner. So not just a brand that you buy from, but a brand that you buy into and want to engage with and participate with. If we stand for a better everyday life at home, then we stand for more than just selling you individual products. And we stand more than just being a furniture store. We really want to help being the starting point for a better life at home for the many people. If you reflect on the last six months and and what's happened with COVID, and as you said earlier, just so much more of our time being spent in the home, is there any interesting insights that have surprised you from a customer experience point of view? Yeah, I think what we see is a sort of explosion of where people are looking for ideas and tips. And I think what we saw very fast is how we could respond to this as well. Because as I said before, it doesn't matter whether you're in a fully digitalized world or whether the world all around us is constantly changing. One thing always stays true, which is we all want to have a safer, healthier and better life at home. And I think really through the last six to seven months, that stayed true. It's just the context and reality around it has changed quite dramatically. Mm-hmm. And what we have seen in some of the sort of early indications. So when we've looked into, um, we've done some life at home, virtual visits, of course, and um, experiences, etc., is that the concept and experience of home has been redefined because now home isn't just a place for me to live. For many, it's a place to work, to homeschool. So the home always has had multifunctions, but those multifunctions have become even more diverse than before. So I still want a safe and healthy and better life at home, but the reality of my life at home has kind of been redefined. And then it's also the same as how I shop. So the retail environment and the way people shop has also been redefined. You know, you see new ways that I can access the offer of different brands. And I think it's kind of shining some opportunity areas, you could say for us, is that we also see during this time, people will buy from brands with a very strong purpose. And uh, I might be biased, but forgive me, but I think we have one of the strongest purposes there is. We exist to create a better everyday life for the many people. And when we talk about better homes equals a better life, the home is not only the physical space, but the planet that we also occupy. Mm -hmm. So we really take that broad look in the home in that context. And people want to live better. 
Um, but they expect brands to play an active role in that. So again, it's this not just being passive in how we engage or interact with customers, but how do we play an active role? How do we make a stand? How do we stand up for things and actually side with the many people and be that democratic brand that we are? We also see people are seeking added value from brands. So no longer is it just buying from the brand that has the lowest price, but what is the additional value that I could get from this brand? We also see people want to connect more than ever before. So how do we actually participate and in some cases facilitate different conversations and experiences and engagement around ways to live better? And then I think coming closer to our a sort of brand opportunities. As I said, there's a renewed interest in how our home works. So how can we show many different solutions for the many new realities people have? And we also know many life at home needs are not fulfilled by our current offer. So how could we start exploring other opportunity areas beyond just home furnishing products and solutions to create more value for people to actually enable them to also live better as well. And we've seen this, you've probably seen this when you've shopped and interact with brands back. So, you know, many retailers and brands are adapting their offer fast. And I think that's great. But the one thing we will never sort of change will be our vision or our purpose. I think that will always guide us. But the way we live up to our purpose and the way we bring it to the many people Will constantly change and I think the last six to seven months has learned and taught us many new ways that we can do that as well. Yeah I mean just the way you talk about it is such an incredible purpose and values and I think it, as you said it's definitely an interesting time we've been living in the home has just become a bit of everything as you say for many people yes. so and I think just to think about the scale of which you operate with having 150 million members it's incredible how you've talked today around how your customer experience is, is not just evolving but how you keep coming back to that the brand is really the, the anchor point and the purpose yes. that drives the decisions which is why IKEA I guess is such an iconic and incredible brand that so many of us you know love I think Aaron this has been such a fantastic Fantastic chat. Thank you so much for joining today. I wish you all the very best and to all our listeners, your families and colleagues. Um, thank you for joining us on this podcast today. Thank you for inviting me. It's been great sharing uh, many of the things that we're working on uh, with you. So thank you. Thank you.